to a life-impacting message preached by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi is the pastor of the First Love Church London, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills. The First Love Church is full of zealous young people who love and desire to work for the Lord. You will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this powerful message. It's risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Father, we thank you for your great and abundant grace towards us. Let your will be done in this service. Let your will be done in these few moments we have to spend together, Lord. We pray for your perfect will. Let your will be fulfilled in every individual here, Lord. May we hear your word and may we understand your word. Abide every thief that steals your word, Lord. I curse that bird. I curse that enemy. And I declare that our eyes are anointed and influenced by the Holy Spirit to hear and to understand. Thank you, Father, for the entrance of your word giveth light. Let there be light today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody shall say, Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. And take your seat. Good to see all of you again. It's a great blessing. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. And um, I want to continue sharing on Stay Connected. Did you enjoy Koinonia's ministry in Stay Connected? It's too powerful, isn't it? Very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yes, very, very powerful. When I grow up, I like to sing like them. And rap like them. So... I'll be following hard. Um, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Sick like them. Also, come and jump on the stage and say, Stay connected. Stay, 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 stay connected. Hey! Don't worry. I'm growing up. When I get there, I'll do it. I'll do some. Were you not inspired that you to? At least, even when you are singing at home in your shop, you pretend as if you are, you know. Stay, 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 stay. Then you jump a bit. If you slip it, nobody will see it. It's just you. So you just try it. Try it at home. This is not one of those things that you say, don't do, don't try this at home. This one, try it at home. Okay. Try it, especially in the shower when nobody will see you. Okay. So stay connected is what we are talking about. Connections that God has given to you. You know, there, there are some connections you have to disconnect. I don't think we need to go through that today. We know, we know sometimes you know when you have to disconnect from someone. And if, if you don't know, if you don't know, a simple rule, a simple rule is that, um, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? Anything you are not proud of, you must disconnect from it. Yes, anything you hide and do, you must disconnect from it. And then anything, anything that is taking you away, away from, um, 
good connections, you have to disconnect. That's all that, is, that it means. Okay, I don't know whether you were the ones that I was telling that the other day I was playing with my phone and I said to myself, let me check how many numbers I've blocked. And I found 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found 36, 36. 36 people and 36 groups. People and groups that it's like it's over. Because, you know, and that is what, that's what I'm talking to you about, that your, your connections really define who you are. It says a lot about you. You see, it really does. It really does have an effect on you. You know, like the like the scripture says, uh, "Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts all good manners." In other words, in other words, you could be thinking, you could be deceived into thinking that because you are good, you can communicate or you can be connected to any Tom, Dick, and Harry, and you'll be okay. Because after all, you go to church on Sundays. After all, you are in Dancing Stars. After all, you sing with Koinonia. After all, you, uh, you sing in the choir. After all, you are an, an usher. So it's like, you'll be okay. So the scripture says that, don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Connections or wrong connections or evil con- correct connections will corrupt you. You'll be corrupted if you maintain some connections. So there's some connections that you have to disconnect from. And then... There are some connections that you have to fight to maintain. You have to fight to maintain. Top of the list is God. Let nothing take you away from God. Let nothing, let nobody take you away from God. And then if you are connected to God, you'll be connected to your church. Because the church, the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. So if you say you are connected to God, you'll be connected to, you'll be connected to his body. Isn't it? Is your arm not part of your body? What about your fingernails? It's part of your body. Yes. So, so you can't, if, if you say God, you believe in God, God also says that this is my body, the church. So you will discover that your respect for the church or your value of the church also changes. It changes and, and therefore you, you strive to stay connected to the church. Not because, not because you are, you are, you are into denominations, but because you are into God and the, and the, and the body of Christ is the church. You can't say that, you can't say I believe in God and then you'll be on your own. I remember a close, a close relation of mine, close relation of mine who, who said to me once, um, I think I think she's been looking for the opportunity because she heard I was a pastor. Uh, you know how relatives are; they are the most familiar ones, isn't it? Yeah. So I think she's been really been looking for for me to have this wonderful debate. Which I mean, if she had good advices, she would have been told that this guy you can't get him to argue or to say anything. He will look at you and say if he doesn't even understand the language you are speaking. So. She, she found me once in one of these uh, family gatherings that I don't know how I was there, but I was there. Yes. Yes. And she said that she believes in God. And therefore, she prays to God directly. So I was wondering, where is she going with this? What, what, what's your point? Then she said she doesn't believe in praying in the name of Jesus. That's what that was her point. 
She said, why, why should I say, if Jesus is, is, a, uh, is a firstborn and a big brother, why should I ask him everything before he tells the father? I'll go to the father directly. You see, but she just wanted to talk. You understand? She just wanted to talk. She just wanted me, me to talk and to say, hey, be careful. This way becomes like an argument. It's like today I've got the pastor and I've really told the pastor what is in my heart. So as she, was, as she was speaking, I was just looking at it and I said to her, look, just read your Bible and do what the Bible says. The Bible says we should pray, we should ask in the name of the Father and that in the name of Jesus and then we'll have it. So that's it. Her rest of the argument, I was looking at her and I said, I don't understand the language you're speaking of. <laughs> so she got tired. I mean, I just stared. Because it's, it's, also, it's also useless debate. Yes. The Bible says avoid foolish questions. Have you read in the Bible before? Avoid foolish. Some questions are foolish. You have to avoid it. Avoid foolish um, questions and, av- and avoid endless debates. Endless. Endless debates. That's how come I have people that I have blocked. Because they ask questions that are, are a waste of time. Yeah, he'll be asking you questions that you, you don't even know. Why are you even asking this question? What did you have for breakfast? Any question and anything at all. Are you, are you, are you people here? So... So you need to maintain connections. And I say the top of the list is God. And then your church. You have to stay connected to your church. And then if you are married, you have to stay connected to your marriage. That is to your husband or to your wife. Stay connected. Don't disconnect. We don't, we don't, vote, we don't vote for marriage disconnections in this church. We don't, we don't, we don't like it at all. So don't, dis- don't come and tell us that you are disconnecting. Hmm? We, wonder, we wonder what have you had for breakfast? Who fried your eggs for you? Yes. So stay connected. Stay connected to your marriage. Hmm? Sometimes at uh, um, weddings, when we say, when we, we, we say to, the, to the bride, this man is your head, just, just before they put the rings on, we say, this man is your head. And then so I'll ask them, is it clear? Do you like it? You see, every, I realize that every time I ask that question, and I, say to, I answer myself in my head that, well, you chose him. We didn't give him to you. So why am I even asking you? It's your choice. I mean, how can you even say, I don't like or there's a problem of he being my head? You chose him. You've been going out with him all these uh, months or years or whatever. You have, cho- you have appointed him. You are working freely. You've gone to appoint him as your head. So, sister, stay connected. <laughs> yeah, stay connected. Be connected. Yes. I usually ask. I always ask that question and I always answer myself without saying it. I tell myself that, but I mean... It's not as if you came to church today and the, uh, the church says that we have a, a special surprise for you. And then we brought this man out and say, ta-da! You're getting married. So now we're asking you, will you accept him as your No, you brought him. Yeah. We were here. We were here preaching. And you said, hey, I've appointed somebody as minister of responsibilities in my, in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And... So what, what you do? It's your appointment. Oh, sisters, did you know that you've been appointing the guys? You've been appointing them. You appoint them as the executive directors of your life. Yes. 
I really didn't know it. Oh, yeah, you appointed them. And they are really enjoying it. They're enjoying the role. They're enjoying your money. They're enjoying your food. And other things you have to offer. Other things. They're enjoying all. So you to enjoy that somebody is enjoying you. It's one of the blessings in life, isn't it? Because I said that you've been longing. Will somebody enjoy me? Will somebody like me? Will somebody choose me? Somebody has chosen you. Don't quarrel. Huh? <laughs> I came to preach you. I came to preach. I came to preach. So, 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 stay connected. Stay connected to your marriage. Stay connected to it. Stay connected. Be connected to it. So, there, there, there are several things that you must be connected. So, I'm, I'm trying to also encourage us not to become disconnected because it's very easy for people to be disconnected I'm, and I'm trying to find the reasons for you why you can be disconnected you see like like I mean like as if we are just chatting I've said some things about marriage already you know if you don't have if you don't have that understanding you can easily be disconnected from marriage Hi, mom. <laughs> or oh, was that Kayude? I I was in him. Is it him or not? Okay. Check and tell me. <laughs> yes. It just means that she's connected, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. She's connected. If you're understanding, it's shallow in some areas. You usually disconnect from there. When you understand about church, the relevance of church in your life is very shallow. You usually disconnect from church. Because you have, a, you have a shallow, you have a very shallow understanding. So any wind that blows, you are blown out. Any shakings, you are just you are just blown away. You are just thrown away. Shallow understanding, So shallowness, you will see that when you are shallow, when you are shallow about about God, your faith in God, your faith in God. That's why we have something called we have something called lay schools. One of them is a school of apologetics. Do you understand? When when you are shallow in understanding your faith, it will be easy for you to disconnect from God. To just wake up one day and say, I don't believe in God anymore. I saw uh, um, a gentleman on, on, on telly, uh, one of these news things, he was being in, in, interviewed. I think he used to be, uh, no, he used to be, he, he, is, he is a homosexual. And I think at a point he, he got converted. So they are talking about the conversion um, issue. He got converted. He said he converted to Christ and he was preaching Christ and the faith against homosexuality and, and whatever. And he's backslidden. So now he's come back on telly to say that, you know, that thing is this and that and that and that and that. And he has a wife and children that he has now left and gone to um, wherever he's gone to. I don't know where he's going. He didn't say where he's going to, but I, could, I just deduced from us that he has a wife. Because he says that my children understand, my wife understands that this has been this and this. But you see, you, you, can, you can tell you see, anybody, anybody who has... You see, what, what, what you tend to 
believing, you develop an argument out of it. And usually, usually you are very shallow and empty on that. Because as I, was, as I was listening to him, I wasn't convinced. I was saying to myself, I mean, brother, uh, I pray for you. May you go back to your faith. I pray for you to go back to your faith. Find Jesus and live in, live in Jesus and live with Jesus. Than, than these theories and things. Because the person who was interviewed was really trying to take him on. That you really, you were, some time ago, you were really, it's like this, your Jesus thing. So it's almost like forcing him to deny Christ openly. But he refused to. So you see, even as he was talking, I could tell that this guy has some fear of God in him. Because he, he, he couldn't say, he was just saying, now look, so now my wife understands, my children understand. Them, this. But he said, what you need in your life to be stable, you need roots. When you are shallow, you see, when you are shallow, because the, the precious, the precious, the precious are real. Precious to bump you out, precious to blow you off, precious to divert you. They, I mean, they are, they are real, they are actually real things. They are not imaginary. So you have to really prepare yourself not to be shallow and to understand and understand the implications of, of when you are shallow, how you can be blown away. You have to know. You have to know. That's the last week I took time to show you seven different areas that you can't afford to be shallow in this area. Because if you are shallow in this area, it will affect your relationship with God. Therefore, it will affect your relationship with your church. It will affect your relationship in your marriage. It will affect your marriage. There are people who are very shallow in marriage. I mean, they're just married for a few years. And you see how they talk about marriage. As if, as if marriage is a, it's like, as if it's a joke. As if the ceremony was a joke. And the laying on of hands was, was a joke. And the, even the vows, the vows, as if it's a joke. And then signing the legal thing. It's as if everything, it's as if everything is a joke. After six months of counseling. They, 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 want, they want to walk out of their marriage as, easy, as easily as you walked into this room. That was quite easy, isn't it? Because there was no searching, there was nothing. That's what some people want to treat marriage. It's like, it's like such a holy thing. It's when you have reverence for God, reverence for God. You respect God's institutions. And you will know that it's something that I'm in. Okay, I don't like her face anymore. Hey. Oh, I don't like her soup anymore. Hey. Oh, I don't like the way she spoke to me the other day. Oh, I've seen somebody nicer. Hey. You see, any of these things that I have mentioned, it actually makes you very childish. Yeah. When it's the basis I've seen somebody nice. Don't be nice, people. Somebody wrote a book. The beautiful ones are not yet born. Even if, even if, even if the beautiful ones appear, you have to remember. You have to remember that they also lose their beauty one day. I mean, have you not read what the Bible says about beauty? Beauty, beauty. In case you are new, beauty, beauty evolves. Do you understand? When you are younger, when you are younger, beauty is your face, your shape, your hips, the way you walk, your bum bums, your boom booms. You know, you have you have things to show. 
But those are those are those are the fleeting beauty. Those are the fleeting things. They are fleeting. After a certain age, you can't say that the person is not beautiful anymore because you've never created a human being. But I'm saying to you that beauty evolves because after after a certain age, as you are with the person, you will see other attractions. You see that you see that the person is now patient, kind, wise. The person speaks wisely. If all of these are attractions, than some than some empty girl, than some empty girl with with big things, who can't say anything. So you, it's, it's one thing that you also have to appreciate because you are, you are still very childish if you are focused on size. Size will change. What can she do? Her size will change. What can she do? It will change. It changes. You see her filling up as if you are at the gas station. <laughs> yes. Oh, I shouldn't say what I'm saying. But you see, it doesn't take. It doesn't change the person. Yes, it doesn't change the person. It doesn't change the person. I mean, one of our lady pastors, I always remember her about 20, 23, 24 years ago. Don't worry, I won't tell you who. The, the, Best description I can give you is that. Have you watched the movie King Kong? Yes. Have you seen how he holds the woman? Yes. Yes. When you see her, you feel that you can hold her like that. Yes. He said, you feel you can, you can lift her up and hold her like that. And move her around. Wow. And do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So if you see her, her husband, I'm sure her husband feels like, you know. I mean, I mean, things are a little different. Do you understand? But it doesn't mean that the person is ugly. Or you should move on to the next one that uh, you, you can hold. Are you mad? You must be, I mean, you must be very, you must be very shallow. You must be very shallow to think that you can just, you can just switch. And have no regard for vows, declarations. Signing family you've gone to see. Yes. You've gone to meet somebody's mother and father. And then you've gone to sign. And then you've come to the priest. And then you won't walk out like you came to church. Or how or how even people today just join themselves together and just move into a home and say that we are we are we are it, we are starting a family. Are you surprised at the statistics that as easy as they walk in, they walk out? Anyway, I'll just give you examples of shallowness. How it, how it shows. So we have to, re, you see, you have to really rethink about yourself. No matter how, sometimes, you know, we feel we have a case. But you don't have a case. If one is analyzed or explained to you, you see that you are rather very childish. 
You're very, very, you're very, you're very childish and very non-Christian. Mm. Mr. Lamte, isn't it? Yeah. You've been around. Your beard is going white. It's a good sign. <laughs> okay. John chapter 15. Yeah. Do you want to move? You should move now. You're here to stay. Okay. Stay connected. <laughs> it says that. John 15. Look, my time is up already. You, John 15 verse 1 says that I'm the true vine and my father is a husband man. Verse 2 says that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he, be- he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4. Abide in me. That is, stay connected to me. Stay connected. Abide in me and I in you. You see, when you are connected, when you are connected to somebody, you are connected to something, there's a two-way flow. You are in the person and the person is in you. Or you are in the church and the church is in you. Yes. Yes. Or you are in God and God is in you. Yes. Or when you are married, the person is in you and you are also in the person. Isn't it? Reverend John. Yes. Yes. When you see a child, you see that that's a concern of when people are married for a while that we say that the couple start they begin to look like each other. I think I think it's more from the offspring, the children. When we look at the children, look at the children, you see the similarity because the child has part Shola and part John. So when you see them, you see, he said, ah, But John looks like Shola, he doesn't, no way, he looks like her though, <laughs> and she looks like you. Okay, yes, yeah, I think she's actually beginning to look like you. Yes, she does. I think so. Have you noticed? They look like each other. They look like brother and sister. You see, I was just preaching and I found a good example. Yes. She's been abiding in you. <laughs> Pastor John, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Please, I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm really preaching. I want to be in the spirit. <laughs> And you've also been abiding in here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Abide in me and I in you. Please forget about the, trans- the John-, John translation. Let's stay with this one. <laughs> you talk about abide in Christ and Christ in you, okay? Please. <laughs> it says that as the branch cannot, it cannot. Bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. You can't bear, you can't do anything, you can't achieve something unless you stay connected. You have to stay connected to be able to achieve great things. Exactly, verse 5. They say that I am the branches, you are. I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, 
again, he says, emphasize the point, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Now, this is, this is, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking. Now, when you translate, you see, without Christ, you can't do anything. When you cut off, you don't just cut off from that relationship, but you cut off from the fruits that you can derive from that relationship if you had stayed connected. The more things you chop off, the more barren you become. I mean, imagine disconnecting from your, from your school or from your lecturers. You'll be without a qualification. No matter the amount of tongues you speak, you can come to, you can even ask permission to sleep in this church. That you want to pray and so you won't go to school again. You are disconnected from school. You can do nothing. Your tongues will not touch anybody's heart that there's a certain um, a man praying in a 2A Cardin Road. Let's go and give him a certificate that he's got a degree. No. No. We'll make you in charge of the prayer warriors. Yes. So when you keep, you see, when you keep disconnecting from things that are relevant in your life, you can't bear the fruit that that relationship is supposed to give to you. So again, what are the things that move us to disconnect? Number one is, is, is shallowness, and then number two is emptiness. Empty. Empty of everything good and everything positive and everything nice. Emptiness, emptiness. When people are empty, they don't stay connected. Shallow is a big one. The next big one is empty. So sometimes when you see people disconnecting with ease, you are even surprised. You'll be saying to yourself, I thought you knew this. I thought he knew about this. I thought he's had this. I thought he had this. I thought there was this. I thought there was that. I thought because you can't believe because you feel that if this person was full of this type of knowledge or understanding, he wouldn't behave the way he's behaving. But the person is actually empty. Emptiness leads to disconnections. First Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 1 says that Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels And have not Charity I am become As a sounding brass Or a tinkling Symbol What does NLT say? If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, in other words, you know, you know, you know, you know the saying, you know the saying that um, empty barrels make the most noise, isn't it? It is true. When you, when you don't have, when you don't, when you are empty, or empty people make a lot of noise. And empty people talk a lot. They always talk, they always arguing. I was telling you about 
my uh, my dear um, whatever you see you you I, you could can you also not tell from her reasoning that she's empty I mean this kind of logical reasoning is like is that we all have a father why why is it that when I want something I should go and ask my brother before he goes but do you know what your father has said you are empty of the words of your father that's why you come up with such arguments and usually people's arguments are not based on scripture people are empty that's why they make a lot of a lot is it be be wary be wary of people who start arguments based on nothing if you create an argument or a debate give us a verse give us a verse someone was saying something the other day and somebody came to ask "Ah, but what verse is this and then this empty head responded to the person and, and said that what what verse says that go and have your bath Yes. So the person just said, Thank you. I, I now understand that your, your argument is not based on scripture, it's just based on logic and reasoning. So it's okay. It's like I don't have time for you again. Yeah. What verse is you going to have your bath? What verse is that you should yawn? What verse is that you should go to the barbers? <laughs> So you, you are there, you are there, you can just imagine anything, you can imagine anything and start a doctrine out of it or start leading people on a path, but it's based on emptiness. Which verses did you polish your shoe? Now all these things, it means we should stop. <laughs> but when you are fighting to create a doctrine, Give us a verse. Give us a verse. Give us a verse now. Which verse says that ladies should wear wigs now? Which verse? When I was growing up, it was my mom who had wigs. And my sisters were la- always laughing at the wigs because they didn't wear wigs. Suddenly, in my lifetime, I can see my daughters wearing wigs. So I'll say to them, You have become like your grandmother. Because my mom, who had wigs, brown ones, black ones, ones that are curled at the back, and then some ones that are curled, I mean, sing, sitting on these heads in the, in the, in the room. Wigs, yes, and my sisters will be laughing at it. We see, I mean, when they want to have fun, they just wear one. It's like it's, it's like it's like a joke. You can't believe that people are wearing wigs again. Yes, I mean, can you believe people are wearing wigs again? Yesterday, somebody was sending me a picture of something in his house. And I think, you know, guys, we don't think about a lot of things. But his wife was sitting there without her wig. So, you see, the angle, 
and I'm sure I'm sure she hasn't seen it. She, she, no, she hasn't seen it. She, she doesn't know what has happened. <laughs> Look at all the ladies like. <laughs> Is it what caught what what caught my eye was that I you know because he was showing me something important that was look I was looking at the thing. It was, it, was some, it was something on his telly. Something was showing on the telly. And he just took a quick screenshot for me to see. But then the call of the test, I just said to myself, no, I know this person sitting there. Who, who, is, who is that person? <laughs> I said, no, I know this. I know the lady. Who, who is that? So I just, you know, you make a picture. Like, and I realized that Oh, it's Madame. Madame without the hair I see in church. <laughs> no, she should, she should never see what I have seen. She should never see it. And I won't, I won't tell her. I won't tell her that she's... I mean, I pray I won't tell her. I feel one day I'll say it, but... You know how it is, but... I mean, for now, I won't say it. But now I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. All sorts of images. <laughs> you have seen. You have seen your reactions, sisters, because you know what you look like at home, isn't it? <laughs> it's not like this at all. Kabashaba <laughs> kataya. Anyway, I'm talking about emptiness. I have ten more minutes to. To finish and I'm saying that the empty ones make a lot of noises so be careful not to follow or to be engaged in empty debates because you see an opinion an opinion can be strong and when something is strong it sounds as though it's real or it's true but the fact that someone is making a strong, a strong argument doesn't mean the person is right. That's why we say that leadership is influence. Usually when you see a group, you see sometimes when you see a group, in a group, somebody may have the, the title, the title, the title pastor or shepherd as the one in charge. But when you go into the even go into the meeting, you say there's somebody else in the meeting dictating everything. Who hasn't got a title? There are people who don't have titles, but they dictate things from opinion. They speak. They speak. So you see, that's why sometimes it becomes necessary to speak. Because when you don't speak, you allow fools to lead. Because there are people who are simple-minded. So when the wise ones are quiet and the fools are speaking, the simple come along. So you have to learn. You have, you have, something, you have to learn to speak. Because if you don't speak, you allow fools to rule. And the simple will, be, will, will follow because they are simple. A simple-minded person is a simple. It's a simple, I mean, it's, simple means without much analysis and analogy. It's like no analysis at all. We just, we just take it as it appears. So, the dangers, the dangers of emptiness can be seen in Luke chapter 11 
and verse 25. After that, I'll just give you one thing that you must be full of, and then we are done for the day. Are you blessed already? Okay, Luke eleven twenty-five. Okay, let me start from the beginning of this story. Take me back. Take me back, my dear. Quick, sharp, speedo. Speedo, speedo. Do you know where it starts from? Oh, dear me. Okay, he says we should start from 24. So we start from 24. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, that means that, that means that the place has become empty. He walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Verse 26. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Is it? When you start believing in God, going to church, you are born again, became a Christian. Don't leave yourself empty. So as you've left yourself empty, you've rid yourself, as you got born again, you've rid yourself of all your old demons and your old devils. You know, you stopped the things you used to do, isn't it? I'm a bit here on stage, I've stopped the things you used to do. You have stopped. Or at least you are trying to stop. You stopped most of them, isn't it? Some of you have stopped all. Now, you have to build up. It's not the end of the journey. You can't just stand up and start boasting. I don't do this again. I don't do that again. I don't do that again. The question is, what do you do now? What do you do now? Because emptiness is what the enemy uses. After you have stopped. I also got born again. I got born, I got born again in October 1985. After I got born again, I have been on course to be a serious Christian. I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped praying. I haven't stopped reading my Bible. I haven't stopped listening to messages. I mean, I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped fellowship, going to church. I have not stopped. I'm very, very active. Otherwise, if you don't do it, you become empty. And then you start hearing, you start hearing people who are full of other things. Remember, when the wise become quiet, fools speak and the simple follow. Yes. Yeah. In Luke chapter 6, I'll show you a verse. I don't know that you've seen it before, but I'll show it to you. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Show me Luke chapter 6. Who is there? Um, verse 11. It says that, And they were filled with madness, and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. What people do to churches, to men of God, to ministers, is based on what they are full of. Yes. 
and they were filled with madness and they started talking to themselves what should we do to Jesus what should we do to Jesus this year we can kill, it's like we can kill him do you know we can kill him do you know we, do you know we can bring his ministry down we can terminate his ministry you will think you will think you will think that you are doing something righteous and something good do you think these people thought they were filled with madness they thought they were okay but read the scripture, they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. All the discussions and everything, what can we do? This Jesus, what can we do to him? What can we do to him? How can we kill him? How can we stop his ministry? These miracles he's doing, we don't like it. These teachings, we don't like his teachings. We don't like the miracles. We don't like the power. He says the son of God. We don't like these things. What can we do to him? And what were they full of? What were they full of? Madness. You will never be filled with madness. Yes, you will never be filled with madness. You must be filled with something good. Don't be empty. As soon as you are empty, other things, you put yourself in danger. Demons will start planning. Let's go back. So you see the good old verse, Ephesians 5.18 says that, and be not drunk with wine. Because when you drink, when you drink alcohol, you are full of alcohol and you, you start behaving like someone who is full of alcohol. So again, you see, again, the, the analogy is, is still, what, what are you filled with? What is in you? What is in you? Because what is in you is what is making you do what you do. Yes, what is in you? But be filled with the Spirit. Note it down. Note it down that the thing you must be filled with is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) What you are doing is telling us what you are full of. Your arguments, your reasons, your your actions, every, everything just is just it just tells us that this person is full of madness, or this person is full of wine, or this person is full of nonsense. Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But you know, today, what I really want to share with you to be filled with is a verse in Colossians chapter 1. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. Try hard not to be empty. Try very, very hard not to be empty. Don't be, don't be empty people. Don't be empty Christians. Christians who don't have, there's nothing in you. There's no substance in you. There's no word in you. No, I mean, nothing. It's like you are just there. You go to church, you write notes, and then when you go home, you are, you are the same. That's what I'm telling you. By the, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, since 1985 till date, I have not been the same. By the grace of God. I mean, by just by, by the sheer grace of God. I've not been the same. And by the grace of God, I haven't backslidden. By the grace of God. By the, do you remember I said by the grace of God? 
is. So you have, you see, you have to keep progressing. You have to keep progressing. I was here at the beginning of this church, right from day one, the first day of this church, I was here. Maybe you just joined, but I was here from day one. And I've left it. I've left here. Transferred out of this place. To go and start another one. I always remember negotiating with the, what do they call them? Caretaker. For the, for the bill for a new hall. I, I always remember, I was sitting with another sister. And we're talking to this person. And he was mentioning fantastic rates. And I remember telling him that, look, I don't even have a member. I don't have members. I don't, I don't know who will come. And we pay, I said, we pay our rent based on our income, which comes from offerings. I said, I don't own a double-decker bus that will support me. And I mean, there's, there's nothing like this. So the things you are mentioning, I can say yes, but I don't know whether I can pay it or not. So then he asked me that, so how much can I pay? And I said in my head, God bless this man for asking me this question. Because I have an answer. So when he asked me the question, then I gave him my figure. And he looked at me as if I'm mad. If he said, if he said, two thousand, if he said two thousand pounds per Sunday, when you ask me how much can I pay, I said two hundred pounds. Oh yeah, that was the difference. That, that was, it's a, the difference is that fact. No, but if I just say, tell me, will you pay for it? <laughs> yes. I said, this is, what, this is what I have. Then he said, okay, no problem. On condition that if somebody comes to rent the room and is ready to pay the 2,000 pounds, I will vacate so the person will come in. So I asked him, I will vacate and go where? <laughs> then he said, you will vacate and go to one of the smaller rooms in the building. I said, no problem. Once I'm here, no problem. Once I can still tell my church members that church is in this building, no problem. I don't care where we, we meet. We can even stand in the lobby. I don't mind. He said, are you, are you sure? I said, I am sure we will come. So that's how I got my first place. Do you understand? And then the point I'm making is that starting another church by the grace of God was not difficult. Because I now have to work on myself and move on. You have to advance, move again. And I remember as we started, and I started telling them, branches, so we have to have branches. I have to have branches. I have branches. I always remember uh, Bishop Joshua was around here. He was in the university in Nottingham then. And then I said to him, he, he had finished, he was coming to do the bar in London. And I said to him that, 21 branches before you finish the bar and you leave this country. 21. I, 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 listed, I listed all the universities and the places to. I said, 21. And he did it before he left. Yeah, I said, 21. I said, this is your, this is your, this is your responsibility. Finish. Just finish this thing. You can pack your bag and any day you are, you are off. And there are still places to do. If you like, come close to me. I'll show you places I will show you. Come and be my friend. You'll be on fire for Jesus. By the grace of God. Yes. So you see, it's not like time has passed 
we've done something, so something is left, we've done something, so this is this, so this is that. No, 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 no. There's more to be done, more. More to be done, more places to take, more souls to possess for God. I mean, post-COVID, we are not going to start post-COVID operations and maneuvering. Yes. We are not empty or tired at all. We are not tired at all. At all. And you are, you are also not tired. Are you tired? We are not tired. We are not coming to start. I'm not coming to start. Tuesday, I'm coming to make an altar call here for some people. I'm coming to harvest. I've been preaching Tuesday, one, two. I, said, I, just, I just said to myself last Tuesday as I was ending the service that you know what? It's okay. It's action time. Action. Now action. It's action time. So Tuesday, I'm coming. Yes. Tuesday, I'm coming. Last year, I was here when I, I heard the word that have an anointing service. I was going to announce it. I said, no, I won't announce it on Tuesday. I don't even know what I'm telling you. But this is, there, are some, there are some people that must be anointed and consecrated for the work. They'll be here on Tuesday night. They'll fill the oil on their head. And they'll match, they'll match like, like ants. Like ants into the cities and into places to possess souls for Jesus. Yes, don't match. Yes, we will match. We will move on. Nothing, nothing will stop. We are not. We are not tired. We are not tired at all or having ideas about. No, no, no. And you see, come just as you are. A Satan who will be telling you that oh, by you you do this, you do that. Look, don't mind him, okay? Tell him when you say tell him that by you are the one who makes me do it. Jesus wants me to win souls. Shut up. Yes, shut up. You, when you came into my life, this is what you are making me do. If somebody is coming into my life and he wants me to do something better, why are you reminding me of other things? It's like you have a boyfriend who is always sleeping with you. Then another guy comes and says, look, I want to marry you. I want to put you in a white gown. White from head to toe in a veil. Which one will you choose? And then this other boy is saying that, oh, you... Somebody wants to marry you, all the things we've done. At least tell him, shame on you. You never did this to me. You never did this for me. He has come just as I am. He knows everything. He says, look, I still like you. I want to marry you. See, that is Jesus in your life. That's Jesus in your life. I know about all these things, but I still like you. I want to marry you. I want to marry you. And Johnny will be saying that, hmm, so are you going to wear white or leopard skin? Tell him it's none of his business. It's none of his business. It's none of his business. Somebody has come to honor you. Jesus is coming into your life to honor you. To say that I want to work with you. I want to live with you. I want to use you. He's coming to honor you. He's bringing honor into your life. Stage people. He's bringing honor into your life. Stop measuring yourself by your ex. And measure yourself by the one who is bringing you. Yes, I want you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Forever, your ex will be standing and say, hmm, hmm. You know, there was, a, there was a brother who once, somebody was about to get married. I think the eve of her wedding, then he sent her a video of herself. 
You know these things that people do and send the videos. No, no, he has a recording of, of one. And now that she's moved on, somebody's coming to marry her. The, the night is he sends he sends her the video and says and says all the best. Thank you for all your services. Yes. No, no, he sent the video. He sent it to life. Yeah, she could she couldn't believe what she was doing. Like she was looking at herself. Naked like a banana. <laughs> Swimming like a fish in the air. He sent it to her. He sent it to her and their close friend. When you are being advised, don't do this. You feel like, oh, these pastors, they are nosy, nosy people. They want to be like this. <laughs> no problem. Jesus wants you. No, she's still married. Her husband still went ahead and married her. So yeah, I'm still, I'm still annoying you. I'm still, I'm putting you in something white, something white, and the veil. Yes, in the veil. I'm, co- I'm covering you with honor and glory. That's God's plan for you. He's coming to cover you with honor and glory and beauty. Yes. You become very nice. You become very, 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 very nice in, the, in this house. You be very nice. That's what God wants to do for you. That's what God wants to do to you. Hmm. To the saints, faithful brethren, verse 3. We give thanks to God, verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, verse 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit, as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And you also learned of Epaphras, a dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Are you reading the Bible? For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire. That you might be filled, not empty, filled. That you might be filled. And you see that there's some, someone is saying that. So, how, how do you get filled? That's what he said. We have not ceased to pray for you and to desire. We are doing two things we are praying and we are desiring. In other words, we are hoping, we want to see it. You see, when you are desiring something, you also make some maneuvers and some moves and some moves. Because you are desiring. You are desiring. You make moves. You try. You try to help. You try to help. You try to help. That you, you do Because sometimes you see people, you can say, this person can do well. This person can do very well. But something is holding the person back. Something keeps pulling the person. So you do what you can do. And pray. So he says, I'm praying. And 
desiring that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know, there's something called the will of God. What does God want you to do? Who does God want you to be? Where does God want you to be? And what does God want you to be doing? His will. People don't know about his will. People don't know about people don't know about or people don't have much regard for his will. So they are filled with other desires and other things. And they follow and pursue other things. But here he's saying that somebody who is just saved, he said, Look, I desire be filled with the knowledge of his will. What must guide you in this life is the will of God. You must be interested in that thing called the will of God. What does God want for me? What would God like me to have? What would God like me to do? Where does God want me to go? Where does God want me to live? What does God want me to do in the church? Which church does God want me to be? His will be filled with the knowledge of his will. In other words, know his will. Know his will. Know his will. You see, when you are full of the knowledge of his will, nobody can be discussing with you that are you sure you are in the right church? Because you know his will. It's not, it's, it's even, you, you, you even wonder that, is this person normal? It's like, what question? It's like, it's like try, try something, try something else. Or somebody will come and ask you that, are you sure this is the man you should marry? You'll be wondering, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? Because you are filled with the knowledge of his will. You know about his will. You are sure of his will. You have prayed about his will. And you have the peace of God about his will. The peace of God about his will. Mm. The knowledge of his will, then it, it, it tries to describe in all wisdom. In all wisdom, because now you need to know how to practice the will of God and how to do the will of God. Not just, not just also to just wake up and say, hey, God has called me, so I'm jumping out of secondary school. You are, and you are going where? Start the will of God in the secondary school that you are in. Start it there. Start winning souls. Start inviting people to church in the secondary school. Know it in all wisdom. Don't make a fool of yourself. Because, hey, the will of God. Oh, yeah, 12 years old. The will of God is to marry that person. So 12 years old, they say, we want to marry. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. In all wisdom. And then, and then, and then, spiritual understanding. You see, spiritual things are spiritual things. They're different from natural things. You see, you will see how spiritual someone is by his perception of life. And how he sees things. When he sees something happening, what is the what are the spiritual implications of it? When you see when you see COVID, all the data, the physical facts, everything is there. But spiritually, what is it? What does it mean to you? What what has happened to you during this COVID season? Have you backslidden? Have you disconnected? Or have you become stronger? Are you better or worse? Spiritual is it? Your spiritual understanding must be sharpened. Because everything has a spiritual component to it. 
Read your Bible carefully. Read your Bible carefully. You see, especially, especially, you see, it, stri- it strikes me more when I'm reading about the birth of Christ. And then it's saying that in the year of this king or this person was ruling in, this, in the, this year and this and this. It's like natural things were happening. But at the same time, there was the spiritual component very active. It's like God was moving. As natural things. I mean, God is moving. God is also moving. And every time, every time, you see, the time is 1220. 1220. And what's today's date? 13th of June. But it's also a spiritual date. Something spiritual must be happening in your life. The world, the world will be saying, COVID, 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 COVID. In the year of the pandemic, in the year of the pandemic, when everything became standstill and everything, what did God do for you? What did God say to you? Where did God lead you? And how did you become? Spirit, knowing, knowing his will and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. When people start, they say people just quarrel. Because they're not spiritual. People just quarrel. They just bring out, they just, they just quarrel and say things. There's no spirituality. There's no, because there's no spiritual understanding. People just talk and argue. But in the year of the pandemic, as some of you will be telling your children, the year of the pandemic, we went, we went, we went to church. You would be telling them we went to church on our phones, and they'll be saying, "Mommy, phone? What type of phone did you have?" This because things would have evolved. As you are telling, them, we went to church on 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 tablets. They'll say, "Tablet? Do you mean Panadol?" And you'll be explaining to them how we sat at home. And God, and God, God, if you have spiritual understanding, you would have noticed that God is using somebody that he called to feed the world. Because God has used him to plant churches in 92 countries. And you see, as the world has come to a standstill, in a small room, in a small room, in a small room in the city of Accra, that you should, you should find time and go and visit that small room called the studio. He stood there, he stood there behind one pulpit. You see, when he's praying, he walks from here to here, he said, it's finished, the room is here to here. He stood in that room and spoke to the world. And the churches were not destroyed. That is, I'm showing you spiritual understanding. That in the year of the pandemic, if you didn't see anything, maybe you saw, maybe you saw the pastor that God has chosen for us. You saw where we have come from. Yes. Yes. Or you can argue about it. <laughs> you can argue about it and try, try setting up, try setting up and saying that if uh, uh, your basenta should come and listen to you. You see if your basenta will come. And you see people from different nations. Fashion onto social media, Facebook, YouTube, here to listen, to listen, to listen. God called Abraham. That's the Bible says. When I called Abraham, I called Abraham alone. Sometimes you don't even know why people try to, you know, do because when God, it's God. I I remember where I was. I remember where I was. He was in Switzerland and he wrote a letter to me. 
Because those days there was no text or WhatsApp. Or he wrote a letter to me. He said that God has spoken to him to come and start a church in London. And he would like me to be the one to come here. Wow. He was in Switzerland in 1992. I said, no problem. It's not that I have had a dream that I'm coming to um, London to start a church. And then when I get it, I come in to introduce myself. Look, I am your papa. I'm not your papa. <laughs> yes. I was there. I was there. He wrote a letter to me. He wrote a letter, and in the letter he said, God has spoken to start a church in London, and he thinks that he would like me to be the one to come here. I was in charge of the prayer ministry. Sister Becky was in the choir. (laughs) Were they they doing church? I said, I would like you to go here. I said, no problem. No problem. So you see that in the year of the pandemic, Sometimes you see there are things that when you, you you have to be able to notice and see that what does this thing mean? What does it mean? What is it telling you? What is it telling you? So you see somebody you have led, you've had advised this. The person gets to a point you can't advise the person again. Is that now the person starts advising you? Yeah. It's the way people start telling that they have heard from God. Because they want to do something that is in the opposite direction of what you are telling them to do. So now they start, they start playing the God card. Yes. Do you know what it is? It's pride. Yes. Because you see, you see like if you listen to flow prayer, you would have heard this illustration that it gets to a point, there are times in your life where something was not a problem for you. When you were younger, you were little. It wasn't a problem. But you reached a point that it's like, the thing becomes a problem. And he gave the illustration of, you come today, you're asked to sit anywhere. It's not a problem. But you get to a point where you come, it must be first row or second row. It means something has changed in you. Something has changed in you. <laughs> you have changed. You may have all the physical, natural explanations, but I'm talking about spiritual understanding. Spiritually, what does it mean? Why can't you be led anymore? Why can't you be told anymore? Now you can see that you can see that your leader has backslidden. So you started advising that God is speaking to you. For the first time, God is speaking to you. Oh wow. Oh wow. Hmm. anymore. You can't be told what to do anymore. You say thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rev. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, this. Thank you very much for doing this. Do that. Suddenly, it's like no. And as I say, be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual understanding, there are spiritual implications for everything. Spiritually, it means something. It means something spiritually. Don't joke with it. Everything you are doing, everything you are thinking, everything you are, you are considering, it has a spiritual meaning. Yes. 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 I can tell you more things about the pandemic. What did it mean to you? What did it mean to you? I saw the grace of God 
on the person that God has chosen to plant UD worldwide. I saw that. I saw that God's grace is a real thing. It's a, I mean, it's a real strong and powerful thing. I saw that thing. Nobody taught me. Nobody has but I saw that. Ah, God, you are, you are really wonderful. God, it's not like we don't want to preach. Well, we can't preach. Even to announce I'm preaching, there are some who are here because they can't preach. Even if they want to preach. Even if they, they really feel like preaching, but they can't preach. Spiritual understanding. So, on this note, I have to end our service. But, but, pray so that you are not empty. Pray that you, oh, who has taken my verse away? Hey, you people. Pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of His will. It's a prayer topic. It's a prayer topic. Pray that you'll be filled. So you don't become like a noisy symbol. You just don't make noise. You just don't talk. You just don't talk, 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 talk out of your belly, out of your belly. You've eaten a lot of chicken and you are just talking. Or your little understanding you have in life, you are using it to argue and to reason. Pray that you are not empty, but you'll be filled. Because empty people become disconnected. They become easily offended and easily angry. I would like to pray to be filled with the knowledge of His. I want to know the will of God for me. I want to know His will. I want to know, I want to know where I'm, what am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to be? I treasure, I treasure instructions. One of the most valuable things is for my pastor to call me and say do something I treasure you see I treasure it so much I treasure it means so much to me not that whilst he's saying do this I'm telling him what I also think uh, uh, I think uh, spiritual understanding his will his will his will you're not blown away easily because of logic and reasoning. Who should I marry? Who should I not marry? Pray about it. I mean, pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. I entered into a relationship with my wife in 1989. 23rd December 1989. I was happy. I was happy. I've also got the beloved. I've got a nice girl that I really like. Like I said, she really likes me. But you see, as we have walked on, I can see that God did not bring us together just because just because I like her, her forehead and she likes uh, my cheeks. Yes. But through her, through here, I'm standing here. To, in fact, not even, not even standing here. Through here, through here, I met Bishop Dag. I went to church. She took me to church. She took me from my church to her church. Yes. And, and she said to me, you know, you know, you know, I was very, I was very, I was a very aggressive Christian. I used to go for all nights every Friday. I, would I mean, it's like I have to pray. So I'll find somewhere to go and I'll find somewhere and pray. 
had meetings on Thursday, had meetings on Wednesday, had meetings on Monday, had half on Sunday. There, you know how it is. Then I remember she said to me that I know you are free on Tuesdays. Tuesdays you don't go anywhere. Then she said, There's a church. There's a church in the hospital. You used to meet somewhere called the basic sciences in the in the hospital. She said, I'll take you there. I'll take you down Tuesday evening. Then she said to me, she said to me, she said, Mighty, if you don't like it, then I don't know you. Yes. Yeah. I'm explaining, you see, you're getting excited, but I'm explaining spiritual understanding to you. Yes. Because if I didn't have spiritual understanding, I would not even remember this, this experience. He said, he said, if I'll take you, he said, if you don't like, if you don't like that church, then I don't know you. I remember I was thinking to myself, I mean, how long have you known me? What do you know about me? Yes. But here we are today. Here we are today. You know my name. Perhaps you don't even know her name. So the question is, do you think she knew me or not? She must have known me quite well, isn't it? Because I'm here now. Yes. Yes. So, though it was beloved doses, beloved dosing, beloved dosing, I like you, you like me, I love you, you love me. You are beautiful, you are nice, you are this, you are that, you are this, you are that. God had a plan in it. God had a plan. More than, more than getting married and having children. Yes. God had a plan. Spiritual understanding. That is the level we have to attain to. Spirit. In all wisdom and spiritual May that thing come to you. May that thing come to you. Before you choose beloved. Don't say you want a handsome man. Or a beautiful girl. Knowledge of his will. Now be filled. When you are full of it, there's no room for nonsense. There's no room for madness. Filled with his knowledge. There's no room for anything else. Full of his knowledge, you'll be busy becoming center leaders and center leaders in the church. You'll be busy building the church where you have been planted. Is it now that you're going to look for somewhere else to go? You're not going to start somewhere that you are not full of the knowledge of his will. Get deeper and rather get your hands dirty in the church. Let's build the church together. Yes. Mm. Okay, for two minutes, pray that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. And don't forget to add in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. No carnal understanding and carnal analysis and natural implications, but spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. That the things you do, the things you are doing, see the spiritual implications of it. You are toying with demons and devils. Know what it means. No, ask yourself, where is Satan taking you? Where will devils take you? Pray. Pray. I want us to pray. Pray that you be filled. You will not be empty, but you will be filled with the knowledge of His will. Pray, everybody, upstairs, downstairs, back, front, everywhere. Pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of His will. God, what do you want from me? God, what are you doing with me? God, order my steps. Order my steps. Guide me. Guide me. Guide me. Order my steps, oh God. 
be filled, be filled with the knowledge of His will. Be filled with the knowledge of His will. Be filled with the knowledge of His will. Kapatashaya. Be free from madness. Be free from foolishness. Be free from simplicity. Be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you may feel us a God, feel us a God, feel us a God, feel us a God with the knowledge of your will. We want to know 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 your will, O God. Rabrade Shapalaba Kipatastaya. Pramakapatasaya. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your holy presence. Thank you for light. We prayed for light, and you have given us light. We pray for revelation. You are giving us revelation, O God. We thank you for revelation. Reveal to us your will. Reveal to us your will. We want to be full of nothing. Full, taken over by nothing but by your will, O God. Let your will take over us, O God. Your will, O God. Your will, O God. Save us from foolishness. Save us from madness. Save us from simplicity. Save us from nonsense, Lord. Deliver us. Your will, O God. We pray for nothing but your will. Let your will fill us. Knowledge of your will. Knowledge of your will. Knowledge of your will. Thank you for light. Thank you for revelation. Let it not just be your God that we've gone to church or we go to church, Lord. But we want to know what you have for us. What you want us to do. How you want us to do it. Where you want us to do it. When you want us to do it. Give us the fire of the Spirit to do your will, O God. To follow through with your will, O God. Lord, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you praise. Thanking you. Thanking you. I want you to thank him. Just thank him. Just say thank you to him. I'm sure he's speaking to several hearts here today. He's speaking to your heart. He started speaking. He started directing you. He started planting you even deeper. 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 He's reviving and stirring up your calling. Your calling. Your call. The call. The call. The call. The call. It's been stirred up in your life. To follow that call. To finish that call. To fulfill your ministry. 
grateful. Father, bless everyone. Bless all these lives. Bless them. Let them live blessed lives in your will. In Jesus' name. Now I want to pray with you. If you are here, you are not born again, you are not saved, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Today I want to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be a child of God. If you're here like that, deep in your heart, you know you're not saved, you're not born again. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you, wherever you are. Lift up high and I'll pray with you. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus in my life. Don't be shy. Choose Jesus today. Choose Jesus today. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. Just your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. And I'll pray with you. God bless you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Just your right hand. Wherever you are. If you have lifted up your hand and I can't see you, you can come to me right here in the front. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come and give your life to Jesus quickly. Maybe you didn't even lift up your hands, but you want to give your life to Jesus. Come. Come from wherever you are. Anybody come in? Want to give your life to Jesus today? Come. Come, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to come to Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Young man, close your eyes and say this prayer after me. Church, join us as we say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus Christ who died for my sins and rose up on the third day. Lord Jesus, I believe you are alive. Please come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on social media. Search for First Love Church London on Facebook and YouTube and First Love UK on Twitter and Instagram. Have a blessed week.